0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. So, tonight we're going to conclude our mental health series for 2021. And we've been studying the Sabbath, and I'm going to uh, recap the first two lessons in order to. position us for this this uh, concluding lesson here tonight but we began by looking back at the series that we did um, earlier this year on Jesus and the feasts because the final season of the Jewish calendar is the season of Tabernacles and God established through that season and the three feasts that that fe- Feast of Tabernacles includes that His desire for his people was not just that they would receive his presence and experience his presence. That God's desire for his people was not even just that they would experience his power in their lives. We certainly have as Pentecostals, amen? Amen. But that final season, God's big finish, his exclamation point in the biblical feast was the Feast of Tabernacles where he taught his people how to enter into his rest. And I think it's really amazing, the Bible nerd in me thinks it's cool, that we are doing this in the fall season, which is the season of tabernacles, if you did not know that. But this idea of rest for the children of Israel was much more than just a holiday that they observed. It was more than just an ideal to think about. We talked about it was a commandment. It was in God's top 10 list. And so we looked at Exodus 20, and we made the point that in the 10 commandments, the first three commandments have to do with our relationship with God, that the final six commandments have to do with our relationship with each other, with humanity, so to speak. And this fourth commandment, this remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, is right there smack in the middle. And serves as a bridge, if you will, between our relationship with God and our relationship to other people. And so like all of the other commandments in the 10, it applies to all of us. And no one is exempted from it. Not even preachers. Not even ministers are exempted from the Sabbath. And so thank God it doesn't have to be on a Sunday or we would be in really big trouble because Sunday's the biggest day of the week for us. But another distinction of this fourth commandment is that it begins with the word remember. It does not begin, thou shalt not work seven days a week. Although God could have said it like that. But God commands us to remember the Sabbath. It's the only commandment that begins that way. God commanded us to not just keep it, but to remember it. And he must have known that we would forget. The good news is we're not the only ones who have forgotten this commandment. In fact, if you have studied this, you know that the children of Israel did not keep all that God commanded them to keep in regards to the Sabbath. In Leviticus chapter 25, and I believe we have verse 4 for you, God commanded a Sabbath year for the land. That every seven years, the land itself got a break. The land even got a Sabbath. And like everything else God commands, this was a very wise thing. And science has actually proven that it's beneficial to the land to rest. Our modern version of it is crop rotation. But the principle is the same. The land gets a break, and it benefits from that break. However, when you read 2 Chronicles chapter 26, we find out that they did not let the land rest. In fact, the Bible is specific here to say that it was about 490 years that the children of Israel disobeyed this command. Now, why so specific? Why would the Bible bother telling us that the children of israel missed 70 years of sabbath as it concerned their land now hear me it is not a coincidence that they also spent 70 years in captivity when babylon took over and the nation was held captive the land then got its rest that it was due and the Bible specifically connects these two things. I'm not just, this isn't conjecture. The Bible puts these two things together. In Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 21, So the message of the Lord, spoken through Jeremiah, was fulfilled. The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest, lying desolate until the 70 years were fulfilled, just as the prophet had said. And so I think it's safe to assume that if God was that serious about Sabbath for land, he's pretty serious about how it concerns us and our command to rest. Enough that the Sabbath comes up many times in the New Testament. Because apparently the people of God have always struggled with this concept in one way or another. And I want to direct your attention to Hebrews 4 again Because I think it is so powerful. Hebrews 4 verse 6 says, Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached, talking about the Sabbath, did not enter because of disobedience. Verse 9, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, a rest that they have yet to obey concerning. For he who has entered, his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did, from his. And so here's the bottom line for us. Honoring the principle of the Sabbath requires faith from us. That's what Hebrews 4 makes plain to us. That those who do not enter this rest that remains, that has yet to be experienced by God's people, that they lack faith and that they are living in disobedience. Oh my. And so we ended the first week by discussing together in our app time what refuels us in four key areas, what refreshes us and gives us rest. We talked about spiritual life, physical, emotional, and mental ways that we can be recharged, and even considered why we don't do the things that refresh us and help us in these ways. And so last week we looked at what Jesus had to say about the Sabbath. He he did a lot of things on the Sabbath. He addressed the Sabbath very specifically. In Mark chapter 2 verse 27, we read where Jesus said to them, "The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath." This is very important for us modern readers to understand That in this simple statement, Jesus was giving us God's very clear intent for the Sabbath in a very powerful, very pure way. That the Sabbath is God's gift to you and I. And so we don't have to fret over the rules. We don't have to worry about what day it's supposed to be. Because in so doing, we miss the point of the Sabbath. That it's for you and I to do whatever we want to do. As long as we are not doing our work. All right, simple enough. But all of this is our carnal nature, making process more important than God's desire for his people. And we talked about the fact that God values people over process every time. And that's why when the Pharisees confronted him, because he and his disciples were breaking the rules and they weren't just the rules that were in the law, but it was all the rules that the Pharisees had added to the law to make sure nobody broke the Sabbath. Has anybody ever studied the rules that they added to the Sabbath? You guys. If NRP2 is here and teaching this, he would go through some of them that I'm not comfortable sharing from behind this pulpit. But what I will say is there was nothing left unaddressed. Down to bodily functions, what you could do and what you could not do on the Sabbath, and I'll leave it at that. Okay? Dot, dot, dot. So maybe I piqued your interest. Just don't look it up right now, okay? But Jesus pushed back to say, you forgot the why. Why? You forgot why the Sabbath was created. And so for Jesus, it didn't matter what they were doing or what they were not doing because they forgot that the Sabbath was for God's people. And so it's interesting to realize that the fourth commandment is also the longest commandment. God gave us why for this particular one because the why mattered to him so much. And so just as God did not rest creation week because he was tired, We're required by God to keep Sabbath, not for his benefit, but for ours. The point of it is to simply stop. To cease from our work one day a week. I told you last week, one author I've been reading calls it stop day. And I love the simplicity of that because that is the point in the mind of God. The when or the how don't matter near as much to God. As the Y does. And so the reason for Sabbath is that he wants us to remember. Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 says remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Remember where God brought you from on the Sabbath day. Remember how he delivered you, Deuteronomy 5 says, with a mighty arm, with an outstretched hand. Remember specifically the fact That you and I no longer live in bondage. God has delivered us from Egypt. And so it is God's will for you and I as believers, New Testament believers, to live in total freedom. Paul said, I will not be enslaved by anything. And we've talked about how we are enslaved by our packed calendars, our phones that we never turn off our minds that we don't give a break long enough to learn how to be quiet and to be still in the presence of God. But God wants us to be addicted to Him and to Him only. All right. And so tonight, in conclusion, I want us to sum up God's view of the Sabbath because He divine, defines it in three ways, that it is a command, it is a gift, and tonight we're going to look at the fact that the Sabbath is a witness in God's plan. And just listing those three things, a command, a gift, a witness, it's quite a contrast to how you and I have seen the Sabbath at one point in our lives or another, that it's just this obsolete obligation, so far removed from what God views it as. And so let's look quickly at this last one, that the Sabbath is a witness, and I want to turn your attention to Exodus 31, verse 13. Tell the people of Israel be careful to keep my Sabbath day for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation it is given so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. And so Robert Morris the author of the main textbook we were using this series he points this out that God told the Israelites that the Sabbath was both a sign and a message to the world. That it was a sign to future generations that they were in covenant with a God who loved them and cared about every part of them. God gives us the opportunity to pass on our faith. In fact, His Word directs us to teach our children God's commands, to share and talk about these things in our home, to model them in our lives. But we have to live what we believe first. All the parents, please listen to me. We live it first and then we can explain it. And we get it backwards that we think we have to explain and enforce God's word on our children. And then hopefully they'll put the pieces together and figure out the why. But in God's plan, when you explain his word, when you enforce his rules, so to speak, in your children's lives, it should be consistent with what they're already seeing modeled in your home. Amen. Amen. And so we're called to model what the word tells us, not to simply just teach it to our kids and enforce the rules, because that's what the Pharisees did, and Jesus wasn't happy with them, so we need to take note of that. Ezekiel chapter 20 verses 12 and 20 and I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me it was to remind them that I am the Lord who had set them apart to be holy and keep my Sabbath days holy for they are a sign to remind you that I am the Lord your God the Sabbath is all about God. Not only does this serve as a witness in the context of our families, but it is also to be a witness to our world. That our witness, our light in this world should not be limited to just, hey, we're the Ellis's, we go to church on Sunday. But by honoring this principle of the Sabbath on whatever day works for you and your family, that it will fundamentally help us be a better believer, live a more balanced life, have a more peaceful existence, and like everything else God calls us to do, the Sabbath and its benefits are not just limited to us as believers. Everything God asks of us is so that we bear fruit in our lives that is meant to be shared. All of those who have been through assimilation said amen. 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 And so it's interesting to me, how popular the idea of simplicity and a slower pace, even in terms of design and the way homes are built now. Our American culture is obsessed with Magnolia. Yes. Have you thought about it? Yeah. I thought about it in the context of the Sabbath because I, I got to go there, and it was a wonderful birthday surprise, and my friend Bridget took me to the silos, and there I stood just all in just awe and wonder that this is the house Joanna and Chip built. This is incredible. Beautiful simplicity. I got to see the, the little baseball field that's it's new, it's a new addition. But everything is white with black roofs and everything is simple and pure and wonderful. And it makes me think, you know what? Our culture is craving this idea of a simpler way of life of home life being a sanctuary, a place where we connect with those that we love. We want that idea. We decorate our homes now as if that was our reality because that's what we want. That's what we were created for. And Jesus said, we are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill. And this means that we should be identifiable as God's people in every area of our lives. The way we live our lives in every respect should point to the fact that we belong to God. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus did not say, let your stressful, crazy schedule and all the things that you do for God and your children and anyone else who comes and asks you for anything, the frazzled, harried version of yourself will let the world know that you are his. And that crazy version of yourself will glorify God. That is not what Jesus said. He said people should look at you and know something is different about you and the way you live your life. And so our obedience to this command to rest is important, not just to our well-being, but to those around you. And I would add especially to those closest to you, to your family, to the people in close proximity. And so tonight, I want to give you quickly three reasons to rest, to sum all of this up, okay? Number one, a Sabbath gives God the opportunity to provide for us supernaturally, just like tithe and offering does. That when we honor the Sabbath, we put our trust in God's provision for that day of work that we've lost. We are giving that day to him, trusting him to provide the energy to make up for everything that was put on pause. And I believe we can take him at his word because God's provision has always required our cooperation. I believe that there are things that God wants to do for us help us with in our lives, even very practical things in terms of our energy and resources. And he cannot help us because we are living in disobedience. He's a God of his word. And that's the good news and the bad news. And so unless we are willing to cooperate with him, just like with our finances, then his hands are tied and there are limits to the ways he can help us. Number two, the Sabbath gives us the opportunity to rest and be refreshed. Hallelujah. Work is not the enemy. Not resting is the enemy. And number three, there are consequences when we don't rest. And we talked about that tonight with the land. We talked about it the first week we got into this topic that there were actually very extreme even deadly consequences in the law if you did not carry this Sabbath rest, if you did not pause. And so we've said it every week, but I think it's powerful and I hope you remember it, that we break ourselves against the fourth commandment if we don't obey it. We break our bodies. We break our peace of mind. We break relationships and important times of connection. And so, if this is God's plan and even a command, why do you and I struggle with it so much? If it's so clear, if its benefits are so amazing, why do we struggle? And I think there are several that we could consider, but I'll just name a a couple that you've probably thought of. Greed is one of them. It's hard to say no to money. It's expensive to live, it's expensive to exist, is it not? And so it's hard to justify maybe not working on a day when you could get paid for working. Another one is, is fear. We're afraid of not getting everything done that we could get done if we don't have that seventh day. But at the root of all of our Sabbath-keeping issues is pride. And I know that sounds harsh, but... Let's just consider with me the reasons why we feel like we cannot take a day off. Because at the heart of the Sabbath is recognition that we are dependent on God and we are not sufficient in and of ourselves. And keeping Sabbath acknowledges a willingness to be dependent on God, possibly in a way you have never been dependent on God before. It's hard for us to admit that we can't make it all happen on our own because we live like we can we live like we should we live like we have to we live enslaved to this idea that if i don't fill my days start to finish it won't get done and god is saying stop one day and see the difference that i can make for you Zechariah 4.6 says, Then he said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength for you, former quizzers, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You know it in the King James Version as the Lord of hosts, but I wanted you to see the Lord of heaven's armies. That is the God that is willing to, To help you. And so, whether we can or we can't, whether we have the knowledge or the ability to do all the things that we need to do, God's word makes it clear to you and I that at the end of the day, any ability that we have, any opportunity that we have, any energy that we have comes directly from God. He's the source of it all. And so, Zechariah 4 6 gives a lot of freedom to us to say, whether I have the strength or not, whether I feel like I have the ability or not, my source is the Lord. The God of heaven's armies is the one that's offering to help me in this way. But when we live like we need every moment of every day to do everything that needs to be done, what we're saying is that it all depends on you and I and that we don't need God at the end of the day. Sabbath, my friends here at the Calvary Church, Sabbath is the test. Do we trust God with our time? Can we stop long enough to refocus, to be refreshed, and to remember what God has done for our lives? I'm going to read Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31, and then we're going to go to our app time, so get ready. It's a big one, okay? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust That word wait there does not mean sit around and hope God shows up. Those who trust in the Lord, because that's what the Sabbath is about, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Those who trust in the Lord will walk and not faint. Amen. So, tonight for app time, my question is simple but poignant. What keeps you from keeping the Sabbath? I'm going to answer this question too. Sarah, my friend, is going to be nice to me and tolerate me in this moment, but find someone near you. I want everybody to discuss this as much as you feel comfortable. What keeps you from keeping the Sabbath? Ready, set, go. lively discussion. Is it because we're feeling very defensive in this moment? I am a little bit. It's okay, but um, quickly, I, I want to share something with you um, before I conclude that I, I wanted to skip and the Lord would not let me. So um, I want to say Uh, as I begin, that I I found this book that I am reading and I am enjoying immensely called Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. It's a good one, and this lady has written it um, uh, and has a companion book called Growing Up Social that she wrote with uh, Gary Chapman, the love languages guy, and it's, it's advice and guidelines for you as you navigate the online world with your children and young adults. And so I highly recommend. But this is for adults. Because grown-ups struggle too. But according to Robert Morse, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use his comments so you can be mad at him, okay? I just want to say that I agree with him and I'm glad I'm not the only one um, that feels this way. But according to our friend, Robert Morris, social media poses a unique threat to our mental health and our Sabbath rest. You've probably already thought of this, so let me just confirm the word of the Lord to you, that smartphones have enabled us to fill more busyness into those precious few moments of time that we have throughout our day. And Reverend Morris calls this need to check our phones constantly, an IV drip of worry, outrage, fear, and negativity inserted directly into our already weary souls. And I know we haven't had it that long, but my friends, the data is already coming out. How these forums affect our minds, how they affect our viewpoint, specifically even in our teenagers' lives. You don't have to dig very far to understand that it is a severe threat to their mental health and their overall self-esteem. And so you and I have to hold back the floodgates Because they are not able to make good decisions in this way. Their brains are not fully developed. The science is there to back me up, and I know. I was a youth pastor, and now I'm a mother, and I am sure (laughs) that our brains are not fully developed. (laughs) So I would ask you to prayerfully consider making your Sabbath a Sabbath from social media as well. And I can promise you, you hear, you'll hear from God quickly and clearly without that IV drip bombarding your every thought. Amen. And so I'm going to have you stand with me. In conclusion, I, I wanted to remind you of something that we looked at again with our feast series. If you remember that last feast that we studied, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, that Jews still celebrate to this day, that they 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 live in these little houses for during the feast time. And God's specific instruction to them is to construct these, these little tents, these booths, if you will, that the roofs are very loosely constructed for the purpose of them being able to see the sky when they lay their head down at night. And God's purpose for it was twofold. He wanted them to remember how he delivered them from Egypt and led them through the wilderness, how he provided for them in that way. And he also wants us to remember that this world is not our home, that we focus upward because this is a temporary existence for you and I. We are preparing for eternal rest with Jesus someday. And I feel like that loosely constructed roof on those booths is a perfect illustration of what the Sabbath is supposed to do for you and I. That when we have that margin, we have some gaps in our schedules where we're not just unbelievably busy and frazzled. That those gaps of time, that scheduled nothingness that we've talked about, Gives us the opportunity to look upward, gives us the time to hear God remind us of what He's done for us, because that's what He told the children of Israel. I want you to remember that you are not slaves. I want you to remember how I have delivered you. And just like when they lay their head down at night, they see the heavens and it points them to God. I believe that if you and I can figure out this Sabbath thing, a day, hours, whatever the schedule can be for you, that if you will allow God the opportunity to prove himself to you, that he will take care of you, that he can refresh you, that he can refocus you. If you can remember God in that way, you will experience the rest that is a taste of what heaven's going to be like amen psalms 46 10 says be still and know that i am god unless we're still we might forget that he is god jesus said come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest isaiah 40 verse 31 but those who trust in the lord will find strength they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. All of these verses that we have read point to the fact that God is our rest and that Sabbath is a gift to us to reconnect with God and honor God in our most precious commodity, which is our time. And so wherever you fall on the spectrum of sabbath issues maybe it's not a problem you love your day off and you take god at his word and that is awesome but maybe for some of us who take that day off we don't honor god with it that's what sarah and i were talking about we need to spend time with god we need to cash in on the rest that his presence gives us and then probably the rest of us need to figure out how to do this And and Pastor Tom kiboshed Sabbath hours, Sister Reed and I in staff meeting, he kiboshed it completely. So the answer is no, I have an answer. Sabbath hours do not fit the bill. Okay. From your senior pastor, so there you have it. But wherever wherever you fall in this, I, I feel so challenged by the word of God to obey God in this way. To let him prove himself in my life To have his blessing in my life. Because I tell you, there are things. I have too much to do and I need supernatural help to do it. And I am cutting off that supply chain. Through my disobedience and through my pride that says it's all up to me. I know better than that. I know it's only by God's spirit. I know that those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. And when I don't rest in God's presence, when I don't honor the Sabbath, I don't trust God. That's what I'm saying. And so I want us to pray in closing. And whatever it is that you feel like God is asking you to do right now to make some adjustments in one way or another, I want you to just open your heart to that in this moment. Jesus, I love you. And I thank you, God, for just the weightiness of your presence for just the uh, directness of your word that we need. God, your word protects us, it feeds us, it disciplines us, God. And so, Lord, I'm just praying for every person here tonight. I know you've talked to all of us in one way or another. Some of us just need to spend more time with you on our day off. We need to honor you. And some of us, Lord, we don't know how to get off this hamster wheel of life. We need you to help us. We need you to give us clear boundaries, God, and tell us what we can do and what we should do because really it's a gift to us. And if we will just take you at your word, then we give you the liberty to provide in our lives. And so God help us. We love you. We want to honor you in every area. We want our light to shine brightly. We want the world to look at us and our families and even our our state of mind, the way we interact with people and realize something about them is different. They have rest. They have peace in their lives and ask us where it comes from because it comes from you. Lord, go with us and keep us. Lord, cause your face to shine upon us and give us your peace and your rest. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.